to Eat the Damn Cake. I am Carly. And I am Maddie. And we're back again. What again. episode number is it? 33? 33. 33. Lucky number 33. Does I don't know if have... it's a lucky number. <laughs> well, welcome back. Thank you for, you know, putting us back into your ears on the car and watching us possibly on YouTube. Um, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. We are a podcast trying to make the fitness industry a little bit more inclusive and kind of Xing out all the diet culture uh, and all of the non-inclusive parts of that fitness industry. So making it more of an approachable and I don't know, attainable situation for people. Yeah, Our accepting. introduction changes every week. Accepting all shapes and sizes. Yes. Any, you don't have any to look person, a certain way to be a part of the fitness industry. Exactly. Um, we are just so excited today because we have an incredible guest joining. Um, so excited. We are so excited. Her name is Angie, and she is a first generation Dominican American and is currently one of the few bilingual dietitians in Massachusetts. Actually, I believe that you are the first Dominican American dietitian in all of Massachusetts. Isn't that right? From my understanding, yes. It's a very small world. Um, I would have known someone would have connected me to them. (laughs) But as of now, I'm the first. That is just absolutely incredible. The most incredible thing ever. And I don't want to sell her short at all. She has the most incredible bio. She sent it over and was like, you can cut it down as much as you need to. I was like, I literally want to put every single piece of this in here because it's so amazing. So Angie proudly served in the United States Marine Corps and then her military experience and environment were filled with opportunities to overcome her self-doubt, build confidence, and find pride in her abilities. She also learned how to normalize disordered eating patterns. Where in, um, yeah, how how normalized disordered eating patterns were in the military, and how these practices directly impacted her own mental and physical health, as well as her athletic performance. She went to Framingham State University for her bachelor's degree in nutrition and we're from Framingham. So we lived down the street from Framingham (laughs) uh, State. So we grew up right around there and then went to Simmons University where she completed a master's of science in nutrition and health promotion with a concentration in entrepreneurship and a certificate in sports nutrition. So like, hi, look at that. That's incredible. Unbelievable. And then she works as she became a registered and licensed dietitian this past September is now working at Metro West Nutrition LLC and is also just trying to diversify dietetics as an active board member of the Boston Alliance for Diversity and Dietetics, which is just like, wow. Angie just unbelievable. Like that, that that bio though, I was reading it and I was like, this is gold, liquid gold. So that is unbelievable. Welcome on our podcast. Everything that you stand for, we completely align with. And we are just, we're here for it. And we're so excited to dive a little deeper with you today. Yes. Um, But I kind of want to start back when you were in the Marines. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was different. Um, I grew up, so I know you guys are like close sisters. I'm the youngest out of five siblings. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. And, you know... I grew up not in the greatest environment, but my brother decided to join the military. He left and joined the Marine Corps. So that's all I knew. That was kind of the only way out. Um, My other sister was in college. Um, My other sister was roughly around my age. So I was just like, this is probably my only way out of my environment is to 
you know, follow my brother's footsteps. School was not an option for me. Um, I grew up, you know, first generation Dominican American, yep. you know, first generation going into school. So I personally felt like I wasn't smart enough to go to school. Oh. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just go into the military and just follow my brother's footsteps. Maybe I'll figure things out from there. Absolutely. Um, of course, my family was in shock because I was a cheerleader. I was a dancer in, you know, in school. And all of a sudden, I want to go do all out of all branches of service. I want to go do the Marine Corps. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. <laughs> my mom was like, no way. I'm the youngest. So she's like, absolutely not. I was like, well, when I turn 18, I'm going to like sign up. So right. whether you like it or not, I'm going to do it. <laughs> You're like, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it. I just like, you know, this was my only way out. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of prepared. My brother was doing his best to prepare me as much as possible. But he got to experience the military, experience the Marine Corps as a as a male, as a man, as a this is your is a dominated dominated like field world of men. Yeah. And then here I come as much as try to prepare me. Um, there was just a lot of stuff that I was not anticipating to happen when I was in the military, but yeah. I did it. Um, the training for it was intense. I did fracture both my legs in boot camp. Oh my God. Like yeah. insane. Insane. It just progressively got worse. It just progressively was started with a stress fracture, started with a fracture, started with like an official fracture. Um, how could I by any means go to medical? Because then that makes me weak, right? So yeah. I had to push. Through. I was like, I'm in a, you know, a female Marine Corps out of all branches. I cannot go to medical. I need to push through. If my leg falls off, it falls off. I'll deal with oh. it. I'll, I'll just that was my mentality. It was my mentality. It was yeah. so like, so messed up. It was just like, I was on a mission. I was not, because whenever you go into boot camp, mm-hmm. um, if you're from the, uh, from the West Coast and the East Coast, you go to different boot camps. Okay. But I was like, uh, Paris Island is where we go. And Paris Island is an island. And my mission was like, I need to leave this island as a Marine. I cannot leave yeah. here broken and just, you know, I couldn't. No. Anyways, so <laughs> I, I, they set you back whenever you were injured, they put you like in a rehab facility. Uh-huh. So I, if you show any signs of depression, suicidal, anything, they will literally send your ass back home. They're like, we're not dealing with this. Oh we'll my gosh. So believe me, the amount of depression I had can't with even fractured imagine. like injured it was just like a complete failure it was just like I need to put poker face this although inside I was just like absolutely hated everything crushed, that was happening yeah crushed me absolutely crushed me um and I remember when they send you to rehab you can make a phone call and the first person I called was my brother I was like I disappointed you like I'm weak I'm broken like what do I even do oh with this God. He's like, just keep pushing through. You'll be fine. Just, he told me, he warned me, don't show any sign of like continuous weak, weakness. Oh my um, God. Mental health as seen as weakness. Um, I had to push through and I did. However, there was that pressure because I go in with a group of females that have went in at the same time that I did yeah. and they're graduating. They're like already moving on yeah. graduation and I'm still behind in recovery. So I think I kind of set myself up a little bit for failure later on. 
um, where I decided, you know what, let me go to medical and say that I'm okay. Yeah. And I, I was in a sense, but I don't think I was fully recovered. Um, but I still pushed through, I still met the minimum requirement for like my running for like all my standards for my fitness test. With two fractured um, legs. Just like, I'm glad yeah, you it went was, to medical though yeah. and listened to your body finally. I did. I, well, I wish I decided that as she was sent to medical when I was literally hopping around oh my and my gosh. drill instructor was like, you asked me to go to medical. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm hopping around um, like a crazy person. But I was sent. I wish I, was, I wish I wish I could say that it was me that decided to go on my own, but I didn't. I mean, I understand. Um, it was a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean, I think I understand why you didn't. I feel 100%. Like ever, all of us, I mean, and by the way, thank you for your service. It's I know, it's thank such, you. And, you know, yeah. always. And I think a lot of people don't realize the mental fatigue that just all of that has on you. And um, in a way, you're an athlete and you're just pushing yourself to the absolute max to like to get to that ultimate end goal, which was being a Marine, which was is yeah. absolutely unbelievable. It's I think harder than any professional just, athlete job in no the world. No one knows no until one they're actually in knows. there, and you're just doing it with two fractured legs and <laughs> just like. And I think that mental stamina where you're like, I am getting to this, and I'm not letting anyone tell me I'm not going to get to the finish line. And you're so right in a male dominated field for sure. If you're a woman and you walk up and be like, I'm hurt, they're like, Oh. She's a, she's a girl. So she, and it's like, no, I literally have broken legs. So yeah. leave me alone. But yeah. kudos to you for being so mentally tough through that. And, um, so I just wanted to mention the way I met NG, I was on a, um, diversity series led by Ashley Mitchell, who's a Boston based yeah, fitness instructor. Unbelievable person. And I remember NG, you bringing up how nutrition was a huge part of the Marines for you and kind of finding your way into it. Do you want to touch upon that a little bit and just tell us how, yeah, absolutely. yeah how it went? Uh, um, so, yeah, so I think my experience in the military was obviously led me here t today. Yeah. Um, as I was trying to recover from an injury, what I was, I started to notice, and again, I noticed this years later as I was going to school that what led to my injuries was the, uh, lack of fueling, the underfueling that us female Marines, it was very common for people to have fractured hips and, and, you know, fractured legs and, you know, all the time. So I started them again, the more I started going into my field and where I'm studying, when I was studying nutrition, I was like, yeah. that exactly what's happened. I was underfueled in training hardcore. Well, yeah, no shit. Why well, my freaking leg fractures <laughs> right. and not be that that fracture led to something a lot worse. And I'm so much of an advocate with my athletes that I work with now, when they come to me injured, I, I, I don't like self-disclose them all the time, but when I yeah. do, it's coming from a place of passion. Like, Hey, I get it. Mm -hmm. However, don't do what I did. My fracture progressed into something a little bit more serious. My I, my, I ended up damaging my nerves and my muscles that, the week that I was supposed to go on deployment, I was set to go get emergency surgery because my legs was ready, basically, without trying to be too graphic, was ready to explode. Um, oh. I had too much dead tissues just building oh. up in there that I had to get emergency surgery. Oh, my gosh. So the after effect of that, I 
lost complete numbness in my lower part of my leg. So yeah, that is the aftermath whenever you keep ignoring your body and your body, you know, like, Hey, you need to stop. Mm -hmm. But how could I, when that is a culture, when they're telling you like when you're female, so suck it the half up basically. (laughs) And just push through. And I was like, yeah, but like, look what happens yeah. if I put through knowing that my body knew and it it been telling me like, stop, stop, stop. I was like, I couldn't. How could I? Right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I wouldn't stop if I had been you either. My question to you is <laughs> while you were there, did you have access to like the foods that you should be eating? Um. Yes. So that is the one thing that I'm a little disappointed about in the military. So they teach us everything and, you know anything military, but the one thing that they lack on, I don't know if they're doing anything now. And I would, I would have to talk to my brother who's still active duty um, oh in the Marine Corps. Um, nutrition, there was like no talk about nutrition and how to fuel. They will provide us the food. And I remember in boot camp, I, um, when I get sent to the rehab facility, I saw what males ate. They fed the males like what they call chow. Mm-hmm. They fed fed the males well, 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 well. And then us, we were eating low fat stuff, super low color, super low calorie things. Oh we train as far as Right. Why the hell, well, yeah. Why the hell am I being fed low fat shit? Like I'm literally. Yeah. You're like, where's my whole milk? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want do skim milk. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me the full fat. Give me the full calorie. Like, yeah. All of it. I had their child, again, when I talk about child, their lunches and dinners, and it's like carbs, protein, like super stuff that we need because we're tactical athletes. We need that shit. Why the hell are we being fed low fat shit on the female end of the world? Like we train as hard as the males. So that makes me so angry. (laughs) That is so interesting. Yeah. And then it was, was, um, so kind of getting into body image a little bit do you think there was a lot of like body dysmorphia and then this specific body type to look like especially while you were in the military as well yes yes the pressure the pressure of having to look a certain way to serve your country to be you know of a standard to be military fit like it's insane so we have we do um uh, they do body standards, like body checks all the time. We have to get weighed in. If you don't meet the weight standard, then they do taping on us. So make sure that you don't have a certain body fat. It's like this, this thing. And I remember um, where it started becoming an issue for me was post my injuries. I got two sur- like major surgeries in my leg. Yeah. And yeah. I was literally not on my feet. I was in training. I was obviously eating things. Yeah. And yeah, I gained, I gained pounds because I, I was bed rest. How would you not? (laughs) I was bed rest for like two months, three months. And then it was time for us to get weighed in. And it's like, they're, yeah, they were like questioning, like, I'm like, I'm literally here in crutches. People have to help me go up and down stairs. So how do you expect me to exercise right now? Just wondering, do you have anything for me? No, you don't. So yeah, it was a lot of that pressure. And I don't think I talk about it uh, to everybody, but I want to explain to you how bad the disordered eating is and body image during that time when we're about to get weighed in, mm-hmm. when you go to the PX, which is like a commissary, mm-hmm. um, 
the aisles of laxatives will be gone. No. Like stacks, that just be gone all the time. Mind you, this was normal. This was normal. It's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to PX to go get uh, a whole bunch of laxatives so I can meet weight standard. That so is they insane. Don't have a hard time. And I feel like, you know, the, everyone participating in that, it's like, how do you break that pattern when you leave? Right. Yeah. It's like so mentally damaging. And then you think, okay, I needed to do this when I was in the military. Like, did you find that that was hard to break? And is that why you felt so compelled to get involved yeah. in disordered eating? Yes. So very hard to break. So I then get out because my, my injuries just progressively got worse. I could no longer oh, serve in the I'm military. So sorry. I was medically retired. And then after my medical retirement, then now I have to deal with now my body's completely changed. I'm not active the way I was. I'm in pain. Mm -hmm. I'm on a whole bunch of medications. Mind you, I was like 22 years old, taking oh. a whole bunch of medication, more than my mom and my grandma combined. It was pretty sad. Yeah. And, um, we were trying to figure out my life because our, our life, I got married young, so I'm still married, been oh. with my husband. We've been together for 11 years. We met in the, in the service. Oh my gosh, oh my congratulations. Gosh, congrats. Thank you. So yeah, so we met in the service and we were trying to figure out like, what are we going to do next? And then he decides to go to school for personal training Ooh. and he will just come back, right? <laughs> he will come back and talk about like basic nutrition stuff. And I just started to get curious. I'm like, you know what? I know it's like basic stuff, but like, I want to know more as like, mm -hmm. like, could I use this to heal? Like, could I figure out my relationship? Like, I didn't know what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, I'm totally transparent about this. It, my disordered eating did lead to an actual eating disorder, but I was so, um, naive or just lacked the education because my understanding back then eating disorder was like, Oh, I had to be a skinny white girl. Right. Yeah, yeah totally. High school, thin white yeah. girl. I'm like, I, I wasn't that. So I don't have an eating disorder, really? right? It's not it. Cool. That's not it. Yeah. That's not it. So whatever I have going on, it's not that. So mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was, but it was an eating disorder. Wow. Um, it wasn't until I started pursuing school for nutrition and then starting to really get into the depth of things and knowing the difference. I know one of the questions was like knowing the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian. Yeah. I remember I was at Regis College. Um, I graduated with my associates um, at Middlesex Community College and then um, was like super liberal or super general. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up Regis College where my sister graduated from. And it, it was like a nutrition and uh, nutrition and fitness con with a concentration in nutrition. That's what it was. Amazing. And super basic. And then one of my nutrition classes, my community nutrition class, my professor was a dietitian and she was talking, she would talk to the class and I had asked her, I'm like, what's the difference? And she's like, and she explained the difference. So I'll be happy to explain it. Yeah, difference. yeah, go for it. I <laughs> a feel lot like of our listeners, I think, are definitely wondering what what's the difference exactly? Because, you know, I think you read dietitian slash nutritionist and people are like, oh, isn't it the same thing? And it's yeah. So like a registered dietitian, there's our, and I'm going to speak in, Massachusetts in general, yep. but Massachusetts has five accredited schools that you can go to. That will be the schools that will take you to the path of becoming a dietitian. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to have, um, they have more formal, formal schooling. So you have to have a bachelor's degree. And then as of 2024, you do have to have a master's degree. Wow. Um, 
again, you have to go to these accredited schools, which yeah. we have five here. Uh, the coursework for it, it's a whole, it's very science heavy. Yep. Okay. Um, just think of every science. So sometimes I would take class with nursing students. Yeah. 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 Just involved in the healthcare system. Um, in addition to taking all these classes, um, we do have to do a 1200 hour supervised internship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we do have to take a pass a national, uh, a national testing. So that is such a random ex- exam. So it's super random exam. Probably it's really difficult. So <laughs> difficult. That was like a whole different entity that I was like stressed. I finally graduated my graduate program. I have to go to school for eight years. Ugh. And then it's like, oh, you have to study for this national exam. Oh my God. So you become the actual credential to become a dietitian. Um, the studying for it was complete chaos. It was like so stressful. But anyway, even imagine it and passed it. I'm good to go Ooh. officially be a dietitian. I love it. Anyways. In order for us to kind of keep up our credentials, we do have to keep up with um, doing uh, continuous uh, continuous um, education units, okay. like continuous credits. I was going to ask um, if you had to do those. Yeah. yeah, we had to do that. We had to keep up. We had to do 75 and it has to be completed within five years and then 20 for the state licensure. So I'm also uh, licensed in the state of Massachusetts. Wow. Um, Which is amazing. So yeah, so it's a, a lot of work. Title. It is. It was a lot, a lot of work. It's a protected title. Mm-hmm. So like a nutritionist, um, there's not really formal like uh, education requirement. Um, you can, people do get certificate, but again, it's on a hundred percent, not the same thing as what we do. Um, yeah. Anybody can legally call themselves a, a nutritionist. nutritionist, but no one can legally call themselves a dietitian. Well, the nutritionist, like, so I know, you can take like, like a you can course. take a course online. Like you pay for it, you take a test, you get your certificate and email. It's like a like, per- hey, I'm a nutritionist, and it's like, but it's like it's like similar to being a personal trainer. You can like take a, a course for a couple hundred dollars, become a personal trainer, but it's the experience that you build being a personal trainer that makes you what like how good of a personal trainer you are. You know I, what yeah. I mean? So, but like for a dietitian, you're like for example, They're basically you're basically a doctorate in nutrition. Yeah. Like you literally went and got your doctorate and for eight years of schooling to go through all of that, that is wild. And, um, I will say I was a nutrition slash like dietitian major for one semester in college, one semester, hence the one, because I was failing every class (laughs) I was taking because I was taking like all these crazy sciences. Like you were mentioning Angie, like I remember, we were both kinesiology, so we were in a few of the same classes as the nutrition, nutrition majors and dietitian majors were. So, you know, chemistry, I was terrible at, but like, I was like, Biology. I will not take orgo for the life of me. Organic chemistry, I can't, and all the, my nutrition friends, because I met a bunch of people the first semester, they're like, oh yeah, orgo is just awful. I'm like, I am no longer a nutrition major because I know I would fail that class because I had to take chem twice. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, it's so hard. It's so science heavy though too. And I think people, yeah, I think people don't realize that question to you. Originally you said you didn't, school wasn't an option, right? When you graduated high school, so you were going to enlist. Um, so what made you decide that like, yeah, I can go to school. I am a badass. I can, I'm smart. I'm know what I should be doing. 
Oh my God. Um, to be completely transparent, I had the government pay me to go to school now. Yeah. I, that's a- to be to be honest, I said, and I tell this to a lot of my peers that are going through school and paying for school, the luxury that I have, and again, I, I try not to feel bad about it. I'm no, like, I get my do not. for I did my time in service and this is was uh, the government wants to give it as a gift. Great. Thank you. Yeah. It's a huge benefit. I did did a time and that was the way of repaying of us veterans. So I did get my school paid for. Um, I mean, that's amazing. I feel like too. look at the damage it did to your body. You're like, you paid for it in your mental health and your body and your injuries. And I never feel guilty for that because you earned it in every way. It's just, it's night and day. Like you, this is an amazing opportunity that you had to be able to go and do school for what you wanted to do, like go for. And now educate people on how to be healthy in the military and be healthy while they're doing um, sports Sports and performance and and everything like that. The main thing of our podcast is fueling your body properly. And we love how you talk about how people don't fuel enough Yeah, because so many people think the first thing, if they want to lose weight, they need to cut stuff out. And usually it's, they don't eat enough. Right. Can you, do you want to speak on that a little bit? Do you find that happens a lot with the people you see? Yeah, all the time. So yeah, so like a lot of all of the clients are, I'll say all of them, I said 95% of my athletes um, that come to me are either they have a full fledged eating disorder that I'm working with, or they just have a really bad disordered way of doing things Mm -hmm. um, around eating and their their behaviors and over exercising as well. Um, So yeah, so it's a loaded question. It's a very, it's a very loaded question. Yeah. I get all kinds of things. Um, you know, society may look at someone based off their, you know, figure and be like, that person is healthy. Yep. And I get clients that come to me with this, these languages around eating around, I'm a clean eater. I don't eat this and I avoid this. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, and I do my best to educate them. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do request for all my clients is to send me their any, um, or I call their medical doctors, whoever they're connected with. Yeah. Um, Cause we do work very closely with, um, in a multiple, multiple, what can you say the word? A multidisciplinary group of individuals. So I work with medical doctors. I work with uh, therapists, all working within the eating disorder um, realm. So I usually ask for any labs anything they got updated that, that again is going to be around my realm mm-hmm. that I can look at. I'm like, okay. So 95% of the times their internal system says a different story. So for them, they might physically look according to society, look healthy and fit, yeah. but internally, uh, medically, uh, not so much. Medically, they're not. That's, um, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. And I think too, you know, like Carly was saying, you know, with the disordered eating, eating patterns and how we talk about all the time. So as personal trainers, Carly and I are both group fitness instructors. Carly's a spin instructor. We find in a lot of the younger generations as well. Now that social media and TikTok and, you know, so Instagram, Facebook, everything, and there's so many editing apps, there's this 
desire to look a certain way, work out a certain way to make your body basically contort into something that it just genetically could not. And is it natural? And right. It's just, we always talk about we're sisters. Carly has a completely different body than I do. Like we do not, we're not made up the same way. I carry my, my body differently than she does. And that's okay. And we're both healthy, but I might might carry a little bit more weight than her, but that doesn't make me unhealthy. So it's like this desire to look a certain way. I think, you know, I can't even imagine how much it is trying, like influencing your athletes. Like I know when we were, we were both college athletes, the body dysmorphia in each sport. It's terrifying. Like everyone looks so fit, but mentally everyone's like, I'm, I'm, I'm gigantic. And it's like, yeah. It's like, how did we get here? Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Like I get, I gave myself an age group that I'm willing to work with, but anything outside of that, I don't feel comfortable morally, ethically, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. When I get my care, we have a care coordinator who's a social worker who will set up these clients with us based off if we're going to be a good match. And she said, would you want to see an eight-year-old? And I'm like, Oh no. my gosh. That Why breaks my heart. What? And she's like, oh yeah, she's having a lot of body image issues and doesn't know what to do with her eating. I'm like, she's eight years old. Goodness sake. Like, like what? Breaks your heart. Yeah. It really does. So 14 is the youngest I see in my athletes. So I have my high school mm-hmm. students and I have my college students. And then I have like some professional, more uh, adult students who are more recreational athletes. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's even tough. Even working with my 14, 15, 16 year old, oh. they just have access to TikTok. Mm-hmm. TikTok, yeah. TikTok and oh. I'm on TikTok, so I see all the kind of shit. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty damaging. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Damages. I mean, I'm sure you could make an amazing TikTok account educating Just people pretty much on the right things. We're we're super anti-diet culture. And I've seen a lot of your posts talking about how you're an anti-diet dietitian, which I just think is so incredible. We break down a lot of the like fad diets on our like podcast. Keto, carnivore, Just all the South Beach. Oh, yeah. yeah. So and pr- try to provide like the scientific facts we, like, behind it. We're obviously not nutritionists or dietitians. So we always do, you know, scientific research about it. And we're like, here are the facts, do what you want with them. But 98% of the time we're like, this diet's not a good, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, just don't have a diet. Like, like don't go on a Life diet. Life is all about balance. And I think that you, I mean, you've said finding the balance for each person and on what they're exercising, what they're eating. How proud do you feel when you see a client have a breakthrough? And what what does a breakthrough look like to you with your clients? Um, it looks so different for everybody. I think um, I, especially some of my clients that are more severe eating disorder mm-hmm. who have been fighting or been in denial that they need additional support. Cause I, again, I'm an outpatient so I can provide a support, you know, as much support as possible, yep. but it gets to a point where we both realize like, okay, they're going to require a higher level of care. Yep, and yeah. really, when they decide that they're going to go to like an inpatient for eating disorder treatment or whatever the case is like, that is like, 
makes me feel good. And it actually keeping in track and see how they're doing. Cause I get taught the dietitians, wherever they end up going, reach out, like to ask me questions, right. like things that you know. Um, and I had one client, my first client, she was my really, really tough case. And it took us a little while, but then she decided that she's going to go to treatment center and she says, the only way I'll go is if I can come back to you. And I was like, a lot of pressure. Oh, and I was oh. like, okay. I'm like, let's go. I'm still going to be here. Yes. So like mid-treatment, she sends me an email. She's like, are you still here? I'm like, I'm still here. Don't worry about it. Keep doing your thing. Mm-hmm. And then she finally comes out and she's like, I'm back. I was wow. like, all right. I get to see them. I just got so, chills. It's just like, I don't know. Like I know, I know going into this type of work, when I tell my clients that I understand, mm-hmm. I don't like, again, I totally don't self-disclose with everybody, but when I choose to, and I tell them that I understand, I understand, like, mm-hmm. not like, sci- you know, yeah, scientifically what happens <laughs> to you, but like, educationally, like I study this, but like, totally. I get it because I lived it. I lived yeah. it. I think I was it. That's so valuable. You lived it, you overcame it, you and have- now you're educating on it. And that I think speaks so much it speaks volumes and i think it teaches you right that compassion and understanding that you know and i this is slightly off topic but just in the medical world right you know me and carly are fighting two injuries right now and we've been trying to get through to doctors being like this is not working like please help me and they're like you're fine and and i think someone that has any lived experience through whatever they're treating right provides that knowledge and support that is just not this like it you it it's just amazing the compassion is definitely in the empathy it's unmatched basically yeah I wish like recently I've been seeing a ton of doctors um because I have this super rare rib injury called costochondritis and it's like basically the cartilage in between my ribs um, have a ton of micro tears in it. So it inflames and causes my rib to slip out of place. So it's, it's really gross. a super painful <laughs> injury. And I have been dealing with it since college swimming. And the doctor I had while I was in college, he was so compassionate and so determined to help me. And he was amazing. But now I find that so many doctors are like, well, why, why don't you just switch careers? And I'm like, because I'm in a career that makes me happy and I just want my body to function in this career. I, I need your help to get there though. And they're just, they keep telling me to switch my job. They're like, just quit. Yeah. And, and I just, I don't love that. So the fact that you are educating people, relating to them, and I think being relatable as a dietitian is probably the most, um, what, what's it's so valuable. Yeah, valuable. The most valuable experience that anyone could have meeting with someone. Yeah. I mean, it's just awesome. And I think we have a couple writing questions, if you don't mind answering those as well. Um, we've had, I posted the question box and they just like flooded. flew in. Um, people, people, I think, actually, before you do that, I have a question. <laughs> Do you think everyone can benefit from meeting with a dietitian? Yes. And the only thing I would say is making sure that, you know, it it depends what you're looking for, because again, we go through the same training, but we all specialize in different things. So you're going to see dietitian that might specialize in special populations, like, you know, eating disorders and Mm -hmm. disorder eating. I do that. I work with athletes. I work with sports nutrition, diabetes management, uh, cancer treatment. Like we work in all kinds of stuff. It's just like making sure. Um, also like whenever people have therapists and you go to a therapist, you got to go shop around. Sometimes yeah. you don't work with that person. You have to build that relationship. 
um, and make sure that you guys are a good match. I wish I people come to me and I connect with them instantly. And, and I know that's not going to be the case. Yeah. But that's one thing coming into this field I had to tell myself is I know I'm not going to be able to save everybody. Yeah. So I have to kind of let go of that idea. So basically to answer your question in short is like, yes, but also making sure what, knowing what they're looking for and um, being connected to the right uh, yeah. dietitian. Yeah. I think also that um, like as a dietitian, you probably deal with a lot of, I mean, well, cause you're dealing with eating disorders, but deal with a lot of mental health. So like, you're almost like a therapist as well, because you mental health depends so much on eating and what you're eating depends on your mental yeah. health. Like it goes hand in hand. So I feel like that is also just like a huge part of like you, why you need a vibe with your dietitian. You need to be comfortable telling them about the stresses in your life and what's going on. Yeah. What's going why, on, why your sleeping might not be as good. Things like that. I think you yeah. um, call us um, nutrition therapists. Yeah. The, uh, the dietitians that work in Minnesota, they do call us nutrition therapists. We basically do therapy around nutrition. Yeah. And yeah. Work. That, which is it's just unbelievable. It is. And I did want to touch upon, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the Boston Alliance for diversity and dietetics? Cause it is so yeah. amazing that you're an active board member on it. I think a lot of people need to learn a little bit more about why this exists because the, there's such a lack of diversity in uh, registered dietitians. Yeah. So we are trying to like, it's a, it's a full of professionals and even students. So we have our interns um, really trying to promote diversity within the dietetic field. And the biggest problem is like recruiting and retaining because some students might be interested in it, but it looks like they have a hard time. I think it's everywhere. It's just not in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. We have a hard time retaining. Believe me, there was plenty of time that I was questioning. I'm not moving forward because it started to feel like very cookie cutter at some yep. point where, yeah, a lot of my peers were white, white girls. Everybody's eating salads. Everything yep. was very like cookie cutter. And I'm like, where do I belong? Yeah. Like, I have no yeah. idea. However, it's kind of one of those things, you know, I can always relate to a certain community because again, I got the financial support. Yeah. So again, we're trying to like recruit and retain these individuals. Um, not only just, you know, people of color, but males, we have like no males in the diet. We call them unicorn when we have a yeah. male males, people, part of the LGBT community. We have one of my colleagues, a queer um, dietitian and she, we talk about, all this stuff. We have trans community. We have, you know, people within that community that has a lot of eating disorder issues because yeah. again, transitioning yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. It's the whole thing anyway. So we need more people like this yeah. to really help make the, the dietetic field look different. Well, yeah. And, and I also think it makes people more comfortable um, like a person of color or a queer person or whoever to go to a person that they want, not yeah. just like a cookie cutter person, like, yeah. like you were saying, like it would make them feel more comfortable. Like we were talking to someone the other day that they said they would feel more comfortable with a bigger trainer because they would understand how they felt, how it feels to move yeah. a body. That's not a size four or six, a body that's a 10 or a 12. It's, it's the same thing. I, you know, people wouldn't want to go to a dietitian where they have no relatability at all. Like you have no idea what my lived experience is. So how am I supposed to relate to you kind of thing? So I think that's amazing. And it, it is really, it speaks volumes to the fact that 
there is really just such a gap in that, um, just in that field. And I, yeah. I think it's amazing that you guys are really trying to like bring that advocating, advocate yeah. for it. And then also bringing people, I, I mean, how old are you bringing people in from like, so we're targeting, um, right now. So I'm part of the, uh, outreach and mentorship program. So we're targeting like a lot of high school, a lot of these students that are going into, you know, college. So exposing, exposing them into like nutrition field, know that we exist. Yeah. As people that look like us, if you're interested, um, and helping them because again, the science is so heavy. Um, yeah. Scholarship, making sure that they're financially supported. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. I've, you know, I'm a big, um, we have a big, uh, nonprofit organization called Diversified Dietetics and they have been amazing. I wish they were around when I was coming. Totally. have been around. Um, but yeah, they a big community of people of color everywhere. That's when I realized, oh, there's other people that look yeah. a little bit like me. Yeah. And I feel All like the Dominican dietitians are in New York and Pennsylvania, which made sense. Yeah. But I'm like, I had my group of my people that I can reach out to. But again, I have a group of people I have mentors that are white, yeah. African-American, you know, Dominican, mm-hmm. um, Puerto Rican. I have one that's from, um, uh, where she's from. She's from Costa Rica. Like Amazing. have all that access. And I feel like it makes it less intimidating when you see a familiar face in that community. So I love that you guys are advocating and going out and educating people on that you exist and that like this, it, you can do it no matter what. You're like we're it's here. All inclusive. We want you to be a part of this and not yeah. be feel like you can't be a part of it because of what you look like. That's, that's not something that we want people growing up to feel like. So, and that's how exactly we feel in the fitness industry too. And that's what we're, that's why we're having you on the podcast and trying to just like, I mean, educate everyone. Yeah. It's just, it's everything, you know, dietetics and fitness go so hand in hand. And I think it's so awesome that your husband is personal personal trainer trainer, because I'm sure you have great conversations (laughs) and I'm sure he probably comes home and talks to you all the time being like you know my client that works out six days a week and eats literally an almond for breakfast and then like has one glass of water is still being like okay I need to lose like another 30 pounds and I feel like it's one of those things where the fitness industry can be very damaging to people's eating and mental health so I think you know, bringing you on. You are our first dietitian, like on our podcast ever. We've had a lot of different fitness instructors and that's why we're just so excited to open the floor to you to really yeah. educate our listeners because I feel like we just learned so much too. Yes. But I mean, you know, my one semester of nutrition really taught me a lot, but, but I barely passed any of those classes. <laughs> um, so I'm going to bring up some of those Listener, listener questions. questions. I think you did touch upon a few, um, yeah. but let's see. Um, so one of our listeners said, what is the best time to take a protein supplement? Is it 30 minutes? Is 30 minutes after a workout really that important? I didn't even know that was a thing, but I've heard a it. supplement like a protein powder. Or something? Yeah, probably or like shake. protein shake, protein yeah. bar. So Again, I'm going to say this in the most general way possible because nutrition is very much personalized. Um, But research shows that it's helpful for 
pre-activity and post, uh, I guess, recovery snacks or meal. In mm -hmm. this case, it's protein. So what's going to be important is going to be the fueling before and after what they look at. So the before, they look at more of that carb-protein ratio that I'm sure people have mentioned, mm -hmm. um, pre-activity. And post-activity, we want uh, for our athletes to be fueling uh, the time frame again varies per person. Could be roughly between twenty to forty-five minutes post activity for recovery purposes. Okay. Um, to have that, I'm a big promoter of food first and then supplement. But if that's what we having, then I'm not mad at it. Like we take what we can got. get. Yeah. Awesome. That's actually that's helpful. So, because yeah, that's super good to know. <laughs> me and Carly aren't. We're, we try our best with eating. We we will always admit don't mirror what we do because Ever. I'm like the worst kind of person. I'll have like a large iced coffee train six clients and be like, Oh my God, it's, it's 2 PM. I haven't eaten a damn thing. Mm. Not that I didn't want to. It's just, I forgot. Like, yeah. And I think that's so cool. Cause I had no idea about the protein intake right after the workout. I mean, I did, but I didn't know the time frame. Um, yeah. Another thing is what are the best foods to eat after a tough workout? So is it protein? Pretty much. You don't want to do the carbohydrate thing or like, you know, a, a nutrient dense meal, maybe for what was the question again? I'm sorry. What are the best foods to eat after a post workout post workout food? Yeah. So depending on the length of your workout depends if you're going to eat food instantly, if there's going to be this gap, this mm -hmm. is where the gap is going to be very important. So depending if you're training in the evening time and dinner is going to be an hour away, then I would highly recommend that we fuel for recovery here at this little gap okay so if we know it's gonna be an hour or two away fuel but if you know you're gonna go straight into eating fine it should have enough food in there within your carbs your protein all that good stuff okay your veggies um what kind yeah uh protein i'm a big chocolate milk person chocolate yes milk. okay I love chocolate milk yeah. i love it's that is a perfect ratio of, of it all. It's just chocolate milk is not, I know people are always like haters of it. No. I love, I'm always promoting chocolate milk. We love chocolate milk. We were both swimmers in college and it was literally our fridge in our locker room. It was just stocked chocolate full milk. of chocolate milk. After a workout, we just walk out with our juice boxes of chocolate milk. <laughs> chocolate milk. Um, so yeah, so for post, uh, I think we were talking about, yeah, so for post or recovery stuff, it yep. should be a combo of carbs and protein. So again, the chocolate milk, it has a good ratio of that carb and protein. Um, banana, super generic stuff, banana, yeah. almond butter, peanut butter, um, smoothies um, yeah. that are packed with different stuff. Um, of Like a turkey sandwich. Again, depending on the length of the time you're going to have, have a yeah. turkey sandwich. Who knows? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, that's helpful because I think a lot of people think, okay, so if I just worked out and I don't eat like a salad, I'm not going to see any results. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you can actually eat a, a nutrient dense meal after your workout because your body actually needs it. Yep. And I think it's definitely reteaching that mental state of like not like not being like, okay, I worked out today. So then I have to eat light. So yeah. I see the results. It's like, no, on the days that you don't work out, okay, fine, have a salad, but like have some chicken, potatoes, and veggies as your dinner, and you're gonna feel satisfied and full. 
And that's what you want. I get that all the time from most of my athletes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you kind of get taught that. I feel like that's what I thought in college. Yeah, me too. You know, and it all depends on your resources too at whatever university you're at. So some obviously universities have a better, you know, nutrition program for their athletes than others. Yeah. I mean, we had access to a nutritionist. I never used it. And I wish I, that's my biggest regret in college, um, not using it because I mean, I, I eat like an asshole. (laughs) I eat Eggo waffles for breakfast. I, (laughs) I, you know what I mean? Recently I've been a lot better because I am injured and I'm unable to work out. So I am trying to fuel my body better, like eating a turkey burger for lunch instead of like a peanut butter and fluff. Carly's just the type, you know, convenience she's a convenience eater so it's like whatever is at there, my fingertips and she doesn't have to wait for too long because she usually waits way too long to eat so we're all yeah. we're all in practice of it and that's what we really try to say we're all humans so we'll as fitness instructors we'll never be like we're we're perfect preaching all this healthy living lifestyle like i've learned so much from you today so <laughs> yes. I literally tell my clients all the time that as we're working together, that my goal is to get them to be a normal eater mm-hmm. versus a perfect eater. That is not my job. There's no such thing. A normal eater will eat a little bit off. There's yeah. going to be days, a hundred percent days because life just gets ahead of you where you under eat and wish you would have had more yeah. or you overate and feel full and uncomfortable and feel like crap. Yeah. However, we move on. Like, don't let that, if it starts to follow behind guilt, shame, then again, then that's an, another situation that's yeah. happening, but Hey, we're human. We're yeah. human. Say it louder for the people in the you back. <laughs> that was like, I just want to like clap to that. That yes. is just, I think the perfect way to, you know, wrap up this conversation because yeah. this is why we're, our, our podcast is called eat the damn cake. Like yes. if you want a slice, just eat it. Don't think eat about it. the calories. Don't think about what you did that day to deserve it. If you want it, have it. We literally got this title because we saw, um, fitness influencers posting like, Oh, you earned breakfast. You earned dinner. And that made us cringe. And so Maddie was like, eat the damn cake. I literally posted on my Instagram story. I'm like, if you want the cake, then eat the damn cake. And then we got yeah. the podcast and we're like, that, that has to be the name. Yeah. It has to, but it has to I mean, it is scary too. We were talking about it the other day, fitness influencers all the time. They're like, work out for 30 minutes with us and burn 300 calories. And I just sit there and I shake my head and I'm like, is that how you want to market exercise to people? No. Earning your breakfast. We went for a run this morning. So we earned those pancakes. It's like, you no. slept for 12 hours. You are, you already you earned it. Like you're breaking your fast. Like, you, need, <laughs> you needed those pancakes. You didn't earn them. <laughs> so it's stressful. It's just, I, I mean, yeah, it's exhausting. I can't imagine because you have to handle it. I mean, we, you handle it first degree. We see it just as working yeah. in fitness, but you know, people come to you because all of these things on the internet and on social media is why they're coming to you. And, and, you know, if anyone's listening and they're like, okay, this might be eye opening to me. Maybe I do need a a registered dietitian in my life, a licensed dietitian. Is there, or do you know of any resources in Massachusetts that some of our listeners could go to if they are looking for one? 
Yeah, so I don't have a direct link, but I'll be happy to show you. But all I ask is, again, I, and I think I, I mentioned it to Carly, that if you are looking, depending on what you're looking for, mm-hmm. to go to the right people, yep. um, make sure that you're a match. Because believe me, I get clients all the time. I don't do weight loss. I help you mend your relationship with food. Yes. And what can come out of it could be weight loss, but I don't guarantee that. Um, that is something I'm very adamant about. Cause it wouldn't make sense for us to try to mend your relationship with food and then try to tackle weight loss at the same time. Uh-uh. It, it won't, it'll be conflicting. Yep. Um, it will prolong the process. So um, looking for the right people. So if you're adamant and you're sure that you want to lose weight, go to a dietitian that does like weight management. Yep. Yes. If you are wanting to fix your relationship with food and nutrition and don't want to be a chronic dieter and be yo-yo dieting forever, reach out to someone like Love me. That. Yes. Can you plug your Instagram website, whatever you have, just let the people know where they can find you. Is NG, so it's E-N-J-I-E dot M-K. That's my Instagram. Don't have a website. I'm still working on my branding stuff because I'm branching out on my own. Hell yeah. For Metro West. Um, and I'll be I'll be doing some other contract work that are coming up. Um haven't officially taken it yet. It's to work as a sports dietitian for a college. Um, so I'm okay. excited about that. And yeah, we're just on standby. There's just a lot of opportunities that are coming my way. I, I still want to do my own thing. Yes. So I'm also working on the side to make sure I'm building my stuff, my own little. Hell yeah. We That's love that. That's what it's all about. We're so so thankful that you came I on know. today. Thank you for carving some time out for us. We feel so grateful. And, yeah. you know, make sure you go and follow NG. I follow NG on yes. our accounts. And she posts a lot of valuable things on her Instagram, like yeah. especially on her stories. Like you can learn a lot just by having her on your as socials a resource. Yeah. as a resource. So thank you again. You are yeah. awesome. And you always have a place here at Eat the Damn Cake. Yes. Always. Thank you so much. Oh, yes, yes. You'll have to come in person and party yes. with us instead. <laughs> thank well, you so much for tuning in. Next week, we'll be back with another set of guests. Oh my gosh. We have guests on guests on guests coming up. So much fun. But next week isn't really about fitness. It'll be a fun one. Yeah, it'll be like <laughs> a, just a, a wild and crazy one. But thanks again for listening. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe and just have a good cake have a great day Woo!